you're listening to the CZ Movies. My name's Colin. Uh, I'm the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z, but this time, Zijan, uh, the C stands for something else as well. Um, it's finally happened. What? I've got COVID. Congratulations. Join Thanks. the crowd. Thanks. I've, uh, uh, I've, I'm just recovering from COVID, actually. Oh, yeah. I was tested. I tested positive uh, two Wednesdays ago. All right. I tested positive on Friday, which uh, is two days ago as we record this. How are you feeling? Very tired. Yep, I had that as well. Like, do you have a massive headache? Because I had a very big one. Uh, I had it. I got a bit of a headache, and it's, mm. it's better than it was. And it was never massive. It was just a regular headache, I think. Mm. But no, I, I didn't get out of bed till twelve, and then I went back to bed about two thirty. Oh wow, jeez. Um, so, uh, how's your? Do you have a cough? Uh, a bit of a cough, yeah. Mm. Uh, sore throat. The voice is not quite as bad as it was actually. So. Uh, but yeah, no. I, um, we, we we're going to review the Batman today. But before we do that, I'm going to review um, uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Uh, t- two thumbs down from me. I'm not a fan. Not <laughs> it's a fan. good thing you got all your vaccinations, right? Yeah, that's true. Vaccinations get two thumbs up. Yeah, I was um, thinking like if this was how it felt like when with my vaccinations, I really do not want to feel you know find out what it was like without those vaccinations. Absolutely, because it's quite yeah. rough. It's been quite rough. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, We'll find out later whether or not we recommend Batman, but uh, I think, however we feel about it, it's preferable to getting COVID. I think uh, if you're based in the UK, I think it's, you know, inevitable that you probably will catch COVID eventually. I think yeah. pretty much all my friends have really gotten, gotten yeah. especially this past few weeks as well. I think it is it's really ramping up, isn't it? And mm. and it does last slightly longer than the Batman, um, but only slightly. Um we uh, sorry, Zijan. It's usually you who leaps into the podcast with an exciting topic of conversation. But I thought I thought I'd steal in ahead of you. Did you have anything else that you wanted to raise? No, not really. I was going to ask you about your illness anyway, because I saw that on your your Instagram. Uh, you don't post anything much on your Instagram, but it's always fun to see you know when something every, different. Every now and again, every yeah. again. This morning was just a picture of my bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> are you on Instagram, Zijan? Didn't know that. You, I follow you. Do you do you post anything? Uh, very rarely. Only when I go on holidays. I tend to only follow people if they post things. Maybe, maybe I follow you. I don't know. Anyway, today we're talking about The Batman. Uh, we're also talking about the films of Jake Johnson. We're doing a quiz on the Nickelodeon animated studio films, not to be confused with the Nickelodeon films. Yes. Of which there are many more. Um, and much, much more. Much, much more. Much, much more. So much more. Uh, we start, as we always do, Zijan, with the movie news. What's going on in movie news? So there's going to be a sequel for Beetlejuice apparently or um, Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder uh, reportedly back for it okay um, was the was the reference a, a, um, a sequel before no no I don't think so um, so word is that uh, Brad Pitt's uh, Plan B company is set to produce it um, and I doubt Alec Baldwin will be coming back I don't think he's going to be acting in many movies since his incident um and they've actually I made. Um, I, don't, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, Ali Baldwin isn't uh, necessarily going to be blamed for what's happened. So I think he might. Turns out I do follow you on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, this uh, is like. Uh, wait a minute. Was Ali Baldwin in Beetlejuice? I've never seen Beetlejuice. I had no idea Ali Baldwin was in it. Yeah, he oh. is uh, in Beetlejuice. He was one of the guys who died. He and Gina Davis. Uh, Davis. Died in the beginning of the film in a car accident, and there are ghosts. And Beetlejuice is one of the demons that are trying to gain access into the world. Mm. Um, some foreshadowing here, anyway, for next podcast. But Beetlejuice has been made into a musical on Broadway recently as well. It's uh, it's it's in the zeitgeist. Mm. Um, yeah, I've never seen it. I remember kids talking about it at school, but uh, in fact, yeah, it came out earlier than I thought, nineteen eighty eight. I saw it very recently, like uh, late last year, and it doesn't age well. Uh, right. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend it. Fair enough. Um, uh, we've got some news uh, about Deadpool 3, which uh, we already knew was coming. I think we already knew it was going to be R-rated, and now we know that Sean Levy uh, is going to direct it. So he's directed uh, Rhino Worlds previously in uh, Free Guy and uh, in The Adam Project just this week. Uh, came on Netflix and he's now uh, signed on for Deadpool 3 which is a slight change of pace for him but obviously he works well with Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. and Disney were never going to uh, let slip the uh, that one because it's, it's a very popular character and very um, makes a lot of money I expect but also very popular with the fans so yeah yeah as I say uh, Sean Levy 
or has mostly been making family-friendly films. So yes. this will be quite a big departure for him. It will, it will. Um, but like I say, they, they, they bounce off each other well. Mm. And since Ryan Reynolds plays uh, Deadpool in more or less every film these days, he's used to working with that character, I suppose. Mm, that's true. Um, there will be an I Am Legend sequel. What is, that is a, no, that is a surprise. That was, <laughs> me too. Uh, Will Smith and David B. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Why did I put David B. Jordan here? Will Smith <laughs> and Michael B. Jordan will be uh, will be starring in the sequel. The original film came out in 2007. And spoiler alert, uh, Will Smith's character died in that film at the end. I've got to say, there are two reasons why this is surprising. One of which is Will Smith's character is dead. <laughs> Second is it was a bad film. Yeah, people did not like the ending for uh, I Am Legend. I think no. uh, they, the, the film kind of detracts from the original ending. In in uh, I think in I believe in the original ending, um, Will Smith's character finds out that the the zombies in those are actually you know a community, um, and they think that Will Smith is the actual monster who's terrorizing them instead. Which is a really cool twist. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, he just goes to Canada or something. Yeah, uh, he destroys the lab. He doesn't find out about that, and he rescues two people along in the process. Yeah. He sacrifices himself. So there you go. I hope. Well, maybe maybe the sequel will change that back. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I just don't see how I don't see how this works. But there you go. I'm Legend must be what, twenty years ago. Two thousand seven. So okay, fifteen, 15 years, ago. years ago. Okay. So I'm thinking like Michael B. Jordan's character therefore would have been I don't know how old is Michael B. Jordan about thirty is he maybe early thirty. Hmm. So he would have been a teenager, late teenager at the point. Hmm. Hmm. Who knows? Um, the Weird Al film, which you've mentioned before, uh, to be starring Daniel Radcliffe, uh, they've cast their Madonna, um, who is going to be Evan Rachel Wood. Now, I I like Weird Al as much as the next guy. I know that he fairly one of his earlier hits was Like a Surgeon. <laughs> uh, is that maybe? I'm guessing that's why Madonna's in this. I don't know how much she had to do with that. I mean, presumably she had to agree to it. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. I, I'm quite surprised that Madonna is actually going to be in a Weird L biopic. Yeah, um, I do think this may not be the most truthful biopic the world's <laughs> ever come across. I suspect. They, I think it's written by comedy writers as well, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be fairly fantastic. Um, we've got more casting news for Craven Hunter. Um, Ariana DeBose, fresh from her wins in uh, from West Side Story. Um, will be joining it. She's reportedly oh, she? to play Calypso, a voodoo priestess who brew potions to wreck right. magical ha- havoc. And there'll be Alessandro Nivola as well, um, who I've not heard of before this, and he will be playing the villain. I saw that. Film. I thought Craven the Hunter was the villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the issue when coming out, putting uh, coming out with solo films for Spider-Man villains. Yeah, uh, so he's the anti-hero or something, is he? Ugh, everyone's an anti-hero nowadays. Does seem that way, doesn't? It? I suppose even even Venom has had. Uh, well, in fact, Venom is more of an anti-hero these days, anyway, in the comics, isn't he? But uh, Craven Hunter, I'm, I've never read a Craven Hunter. No, I don't think aware, he's ever been an anti-hero. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was just purely 100% villain. Um, so, so is this? Do you reckon this is a kind of a Cruella type situation? Uh, you, you see him going from a nice guy to a villain or something? Like Confusing. I d- yeah, I don't know who Alessandro Nivola is either. No. But there you go. You'd have to tell you what, speaking of Sony villains, I made a decision this week, Susan. Yes. Uh, I decided I'm not going to see Morbius. I'm not going to do it. When's it coming out again? Uh, soon, I think. Uh, but I was watching the trailers, nothing about this makes me want to watch it in any way. I mean, come not... on, he's a vampire man, Colin. Yeah, I don't like vampire men. <laughs> All vampire women. I don't like vampires. I don't like... <laughs> blood I don't <laughs> like people drinking blood I don't like Sony movies <laughs> I don't like Jared Leto Jared Leto oh, I knew I was going that way yeah I just don't want any the only thing about this that I like at all is Matt Smith I like Matt Smith it's not enough I'm not gonna do it uh, well I'm sure they'll feel so sad for losing <laughs> your it's your... five pounds they're not gonna get I tell exactly you. I'll probably, right. I'll probably... <laughs> I'll probably catch it. It's only five pounds in Bristol, jeez. If you go to View Cinemas. Um I'll probably catch it on streaming sometime in fairness. But 
Yeah, at least in streaming, you can fast forward it on the scary bits. And if there's like, I, I imagine they will do, they'll put in some sort of post credits thing about the Sinister Six. I'll just read about it online. It's fine. Mm. Okay. <sighs> Feels good to get it off my chest, Susan. <laughs> uh, Dunes 2. Tune, as it might be called. Um, no. No, fine. Florence Pugh is in talks, um, as is Austin Butler, uh, who will soon be wearing the world as Elvis Presley in Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, which has got a trade out this week, which looks uh, pretty great. Which oh, I didn't know that was him. Uh, mm, same guy, same was... guy. Um, I they, I think they have announced who they're going to be playing, but they, I don't recognize their names from the book, and I no, don't care. Me neither, but I'll let people know, because we are a very good podcast. Oh, Florence yeah, Pugh I've got, <laughs> will I've, be in... I've got, I've got COVID. Florence Pugh is in talks for playing Princess uh, Irulan, uh, Irulan, daughter of uh, the Emperor, uh, Emperor Shaddam IV, who we saw oh, the, in the, the big blobby film. one. The big blobby one, yep. Yep, cool. And Austin Butler would be playing uh, Fade Rautam, so I'm not too sure who that is, but I'm sure there's some Dune fans who are listening to our podcast, and there you go. You probably can let us know on c2zlmovies at gmail.com. Who they are. I think that's the first time you've ever used our email address in the podcast, Sejan. Clearly, I'm very proud of you. I mean, it's only been 150 episodes, right? So yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think as time wears on, I get more and more anti anti Dune. Why? Um, well, I just when I saw it, I was like, whatever, it's pretty good, I suppose. But now it's been nominated for stuff, and, and <sighs> Spider Man hasn't. I'm just angry. It's not a bad film. It's not a bad film. Really isn't. <laughs> um, why? Well, I was gonna say. Speak, uh, I wanted as a segue to speaking of bad films. I'm just looking for bad films on my list right now. Um, oh, right. You, just made list of, you just made a list of bad films. Speaking you? of bad films, Indiana oh, yeah. Jones Five has finished wrapping. Ooh, controversial. Controversial. <laughs> uh, okay, it could be good though, couldn't it? Indiana Jones Five. I suppose. I mean, it's been directed by James Bengal, right? So he's he's pretty solid. He's pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll definitely watch that one. And again, I didn't hate four as much as other people did, but I, I never loved the first two as much as some people did. So, uh, I, they're good films. I've not seen them mm. for a long time. Uh, speaking of bad films, <laughs> and again, this is kind of bad, but also kind of great. Um, did you ever watch White Men Can't Jump? Oh no, I've not seen that. Uh, I watched it a few years ago, and it's such a weird film because <laughs> it's about yeah Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, and they they team up to hustle people while playing basketball. And there's this whole subplot about Wesley Snipes' girlfriend or wife going on a TV game show. It's all very odd. Anyway, um, it happened, so therefore it's being remade. Um, and rapper Jack Harlow, a man who has uh, escaped my notice thus far, uh, will be playing the Woody Harrelson character. Nice. Well done, Jack Harlow. He's never acted before, apparently. Oh, wow. Well, good on him. Um, I yeah I've never heard this guy because um, and this one amazes you I'm not really up on the on the rap scene uh, but Jack Harlow he's from Louisville Kentucky uh, much like Muhammad Ali um, I'm just checking to see if he's got a if he raps under a particular name that I may have uh, otherwise heard him of but no I think he just raps under his own name okay, okay. Good, good to know. <laughs> um, I, I probably won't watch this he, film anyway. So he made an album called "That's What They All Say," and he missed out the apostrophe from that. Yeah. Uh, he also had a song so called much. "What's Poppin'," where he missed out the apostrophe from "What's" and from "Poppin." This is why you hear rappers, isn't it? It's because it's because they're lack of apostrophes. I gotta say, he's gone down in my estimation as Jack Harlow. <laughs> um, my, my my last bit of news is that. Um, it's a sad day for all Dwayne Johnson fans because both DC League of Super Pets and Black Adam have been pushed back. Yeah. I saw, like, two days after they put the League of Super Pets trailer out. I know. Very which sad. Which actually looked quite good, surprisingly. I, I'll watch it. I mean, yeah. it's an animated superhero film. I mean, it's probably, it'll probably be good. Um, so League of Super Pets will be released July 29th. Black Adam will be released October 21st. But it's not the only things we moved, is it, John? Uh, what? Oh, did, oh, oh, I usually do this. I didn't pay too much attention to it. But all the whole DC slate has been... Oh, yeah. yeah. He, has, he has moved, yeah. So The Flash is next year and Shazam is this year. and Well, well to be fair, though, when we spoke about the films that come out this year, uh, early this year, we said that this was the first time, I think, that DC had more films coming out than Marvel. Because yeah. they had four or five coming out this year. Well, 
There you go. Not anymore. It, it was never going to last. Um, fine. We. It just means I've got to change my spreadsheet again. I'm quite kind of looking forward to the flash. Uh, and yeah, a couple more things. Um, so the Oppenheimer cast continues to grow. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I have that as well, but I refuse to talk about it anymore. All right. Okay. Well, Louise Lombard, I don't know who she is. Uh, Jason Clark, who I do know who he is, um, have both joined it. Uh, Jason Clark, maybe best known for the uh, Terminator Genesis, but probably better known for other stuff now. Is he in Succession? Maybe. Mm. It seems like kind of person who might be in Succession. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's also played uh, Ted Kennedy in the film Chappaquiddick, uh, which I was quite keen to track down. I couldn't find a version, so I got one from like Estonia or something. And then I turned out it was released in this country under the name The Senator, so I could have got it really easily. That was annoying. Uh, and finally, this is this is great. Uh, Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. I, I saw him live a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. It was a great, great gig. Uh, he is the latest uh, singer-songwriter to have a biopic made of him. <laughs> except. Okay, okay. Except Billy Joel uh, is not a part of it. He is not given permission to use uh, what? his music. He's not given permission to use his name. Uh, he's not being given permission to use his image. Um, so. So there's a Billy Joel biopic without Billy Joel. Without Billy Joel. Without his name, without his music, without his <laughs> likeness. Um, oh, so basically, and it gets worse from there. The, 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 someone called Art Trip or Artie Trip, I think, or Rip, Artie Rip. Anyways, some guy. Um, he's got the rights to the life story of Erwin Mazur, someone I've never heard of, but who was apparently Billy Joel's manager for a few years. And that's, I guess, that's their way in. But it turns out, if you dig into this, this guy is the son of the producer of Billy Joel's first album. And when he put out this album, he accidentally, so the producer accidentally um, used the wrong speed setting, and I don't know how records work. Okay. Um, that basically just made it sound far too like a high pitched voice because it was moving too fast, and what? ruined the album. And Billy Joel basically was no longer friends with this guy from that point. And now his son is trying to make a movie of this guy's life. It's, this is um, so bizarre. It's all so weird. Uh, well, which which studio is like authorizing this? Like, I'm pretty sure like no one would think that this is a good idea in any shape or form. Um, it's uh, ginormous studios. Gi spelt J I J A I. Oh, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I think well, we had um, was it Stardust uh, a couple of years ago, last year maybe where um, Johnny Flynn played David Bowie, but again, didn't have the rights to any of his music and basically just got critically panned. So this seems, seems again, a very weird idea. But there you go. Good luck to him. But, I mean, I, I say I like Peter Joe a lot and I'd watch a, I'd watch a biopic of his life, but, but only if it actually had his music in it. Ah, uh, dear, there you go. That's all the movie news we have. So we move on to To See or Not to Zed when we talk about films that we have recently seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not said them. Season. Uh, unlike me, you're allowed out of the house. Have you seen any <laughs> films? You, you can watch films in your ho- at home as well, Colin. Uh, believe me, I have been doing. Yeah, so um, I saw Turning Red. Mm. Uh, so there's the latest Pixar film uh, to be released only on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I, think, I think it was meant to be released in the theatres as well, but they changed their mind. It's now only on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. It's directed by uh, Domi Shu, um, who I think made the scariest shot uh, film ever oh. for you, Colin, with oh. the <laughs> with the bow. Bow. I got flashbacks from that film just from watching this one. There's, there's, <laughs> more, there's more bow in this one. There is one, but this one doesn't have like eyes and a mouth. Oh, stop it! <laughs> and, and this film is about a 13 year old Chinese Canadian who discovers that she turns into a giant red panda when she gets into a state of strong emotion. Hmm. Okay, so um, on paper, this would be a film that I, I should enjoy. Um, you know, it's the culture that I'm most familiar with. Um, sure. yeah. And uh, this is about being a teenager in the early 2000s, which, you know, it's, it's a stretch for both you and me, Colin, but we were teenagers in the early 2000s. We, we certainly were. We, yeah, I think uh, only four years older than the protagonist here. So Yeah, and I, I do remember a whole, uh, there was a whole boy band phase back when I was a teenager as well. Sure, um, sure. And so I, I did 
enjoy it for the most part. It's pretty funny. I like the fact that they didn't spend a lot of time trying to hide that she can turn into a panda. Uh, people are just very open about accepting that, oh, yeah, this is what happens. You know, she's a panda. This is what happens. Um, and I also like the fact that this is definitely a kid's film and not like an adult film hidden in a kid's film, like a lot of the Pixar films these days. So I didn't have to do a lot of soul searching <laughs> after right. this whatsoever. But sure. I think um, the only drawback of this film is that it shares very similar themes with Encanto, which was okay. released three months earlier. I think it shares the same themes of, uh, you know, um, a young girl not living up to familial, uh, familial expectations. And, and I think Encanto actually did it better than uh, Turning Red in that sense. So you say it's a kid's film. So I've, I've seen this as well. Um, yeah. Do you think that young kids are going to... Because it's, it's basically... It's a, it's a fairly... Um, Thinly veiled metaphor for for going through puberty, yeah, and, and, very, and, and yeah, getting uh, getting first period, and this, which um, is it aimed purely at thirteen year old girls, or, or is it is a ten year old or a nine year old or seven year old going to enjoy this? I mean, it's a red panda, man. I mean, how cute is that? It's pretty cute. It's pretty cute. Um, I mean, and also, I don't know this. So it was it's set in Toronto. It's a city I've I've only been to once, but I love. I love my time there. I'm going back again, hopefully uh, next year. And so I quite liked looking at uh, bits of Toronto that I recognised. Um, although, so as you say, a certain Toronto Chinatown. Uh, I went to Toronto Chinatown, or just on the edge of Tr- Toronto Chinatown, several times because that was mm. the nearest Dairy Queen to where we were staying. Uh, and so I've, I uh, bought Dairy Queen from a from a Chinese Canadian lady uh, several times, but that sadly didn't feature in the film. I was hoping that was going to be very <laughs> prominent. There seems to be no reason for it to be set in 2002, other than the fact that the writer was at that age in 2002. Yeah, there probably um, is, yeah. I, I, I can... Was, yeah, slightly odd. But yeah, it felt... I think I read a review saying this is the horniest Pixar movie, and I think that's fair. There's a, <laughs> There's, there's a lot of kind of girls look, are drooling over boy bands. Yes, and a lot more thirteen-year-old gyration than I had expected <laughs> in a Pixar movie, if I'm honest. So yeah, I, I think I'm with you. In the, I mean, I didn't hate this film, but it I, it ranks as one of the one of the worst Pixar films of recent years for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the best. Yeah, it's definitely not the best. It's definitely yeah, it's not. It's it's hard for me to say this, especially because it's, it's it's a culture that I I very I very relate to, I very yeah. much relate to. But yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's okay. It's also, okay. have you ever seen Teen Wolf? I've not seen Teen the Michael um, Michael J. Fox Michael J. Fox film. It's yeah. Very similar to Teen Wolf in concept, where his so Michael J. Fox turns into a, a wolf, um, and then discovers that all the men in his family do this. Um, and first he's embarrassed by it, but it turns out the kids at school love it. Because he's amazing at basketball in that, in that instance. Um, so and, and again, obviously a f- thinly veiled metaphor for puberty. So it's, it seemed it just reminded me a lot of Teen Wolf, um, oh. which is in fairness a great film. Uh, I want to see Cyrano. Oh, I should sorry, ah. I should say um, sorry before I get to Cyrano. Uh, sh- do you think our viewers should watch this film, or, or does it depend on what age and gender they are? I mean, this is on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you're going to pay a lot. You won't be paying more money to watch it. So, I think it's one of those films that you can sit down and put your kids in front of it. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I went to see Cyrano. Uh, Joe Wright directed film starring Peter Dinklage as um, Cyrano de Bergerac. It's obviously a retelling of the famous, uh, I think it was a play originally rather than a book. Um about well, originally about a guy uh, who has a, a very large nose. Um, he's in love with Roxanne. Um, but doesn't think that she will ever love him, and instead, and he writes uh, basically love um, love messages from Christian to her, um, kind of pretending to be Christian in, in league with him. Uh, very similar concept here, except that instead of having a large nose, uh, Cyrano, as I say, is played by Peter Dinklage, and describes himself in the film as uh, as a midget, um, and you don't get the nose stuff. And it's a musical uh, based on the stage mm. musical. Um, Roxanne here is played oh, I can't remember her name but uh, by Joe um, jo Wright's wife and I don't think I recognise any of the other cast uh, it's it's a is it set in the UK? N- I've got to say that it's the setting both in time and place is baffling to me <laughs> um, Cyrano de Bergerac sounds like a French name I'm pretty sure it's set in continental Europe. Uh, at some point, 
Christian and Cyrano go off to war. I couldn't tell you which war or against whom, <laughs> except that it's snowing, so maybe they're fighting Russia, which I guess makes it quite uh, topical. Yeah, I did look it up, and uh, and Wikipedia didn't tell me, and I gave up, if I'm honest. Um, but I think it's I think it's set in France. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Haley Bennett is the name of the actress who plays. Uh, okay, uh, it's. It's mostly a really beautiful film, uh, I think. Okay. Um, strong performances. Peter Dinklage is. I've seen people rave about him. I think I wouldn't go that far. I think he, he does what he does is kind of heartbroken, very well. Doesn't do anything else particularly. Well, I suppose he doesn't have to in this much, but um, he does that very well. Um, the the songs are good, but I, my main complaint about them is that they don't bother rhyming a lot of the time, which sounds like a really kind of <laughs> pathetic complaint to make. But I think you, when you just get someone singing about their feelings and it's just basically blank verse. Uh, so it's, so it's basically just, just speech. In yeah, and and there song. are some rhymes and stuff, but a lot of the time you're expecting a rhyme and it, and it doesn't happen. And just that in itself, maybe if I knew the songs better, I'd kind of get used to it. But it just kind of in, mm. in itself felt a little bit unfulfilling but yeah beautiful performances from particularly from the, the two leads um peter dinklage and, and Haley bennett also calvin harrison jr who plays christian uh is good of course um i also spent almost all the film trying to work out who ben Mendelssohn was i was like because I, I recognized him and he's under quite a lot of uh makeup and stuff but it was i, I recognized his manner and his voice and i had to look up afterwards uh i think where it, the, the ending feels really clunky to me so I kind of okay. walked away a little bit disappointed. And I guess with pretty much all of Joe Wright's films, actually. So he did Anna Karenina, uh, Atonement, Pride and Prejudice. So Pride and Prejudice maybe is most successful in my view. But uh, um, they kind of almost are brilliant and then don't quite work. So I, I okay. felt kind of similar. So I think it's worth watching um, for those performances, but I think you might come away a little bit disappointed. Yeah, like I've not even heard of the musical Cyrano before. This no, I didn't know theater. it was uh, it mm. made into musical. No, no, and I'm quite a big musical fiend. Mm. Um, so this is yeah, this is news to me. So yeah, I may check it out maybe when it comes out on <laughs> one of the streaming platforms. Yeah, it is a real shame because I think yeah, for the first hour hour and a half, I was like, this is incredible, and then uh, yeah, by the end, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like it's over two hours, but um, yeah, it just doesn't quite feel that it. Uh, fulfilled its promise uh, and since we oh, I'm going to keep going I'm afraid how much time we got I also cause I also saw The Adam Project and I feel to mention The Adam Project have you seen this? no I want to watch it uh, oh, maybe maybe I'll leave it till next time okay we can talk about it yeah, together next okay. time then um, fine we move on then to our main topic of the day which is the Batman He's back, man. Um, it's it's Robert Pattinson. I feel like you've been saving that for so long. <laughs> I'll be honest, Ejon. That was off the top. That was off the top of the head. That was, <laughs> that's that's what we call improv. That was. Uh well, I I guess I give you more credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do you want to do you want to do your normal intro bit while I drink fluids? Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, get get, get better, Colin. Uh, directed by Matt Reeves, uh, who is known for Cloverfield and the uh, Planet of the Apes remake, which are really, really good. Um, the Batman stars Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne um, slash Batman. Um, Zoe Kravitz as Selina Kyle slash Catwoman. Uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Uh, Jeffrey Wright as Inspector Gordon. Colin Farrell as the Penguin. And Andy Serkis as Alfred. Pennyworth. Um, the film sees Batman, who has been fighting in Gotham City for two years, uncover corruption while pursuing the Riddler, who is targeting Gotham's elite. Um, this is, I think, the third highest grossing film in 2022 to date, um, and only because the first two films are Chinese films. Um, oh, yes. And as you know, the Chinese market is insane. Um, yeah, it, uh, this is only the third highest grossing films so far. And um, as you know, uh, right from the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about how long it was. It's a three-hour-long film. So pretty lengthy. Um, yeah. yeah, it is three hours, uh, which I felt this actually did zip past. It didn't feel like three hours um, most yeah. of the time. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, talk, let's do what we often do, go character by character. And we'll start with the man himself, Robert Pattinson, uh, most famous previously for being Edward Cullen in the Twilight films. 
And Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter. Yes, uh, but you've been making some interesting choices since then. I thought um, I thought the film Good Time was 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 very good, uh, and he was very good in it. Um, I haven't seen much else he's done to be honest, but uh, here he was, Bruce Wayne in the early days, and I liked what he was doing. I thought this was a good Batman. Um, uh, me too. Uh, I liked his uh, Batman. Uh, even his Bruce Wayne. Uh, you don't really see much of the Bruce Wayne compared to other iterations of Batman, I would say. Um, and his Bruce May- this this Bruce Wayne is very, like, he he's not as confident as Bruce Wayne. He comes across as very standoffish at times. Um, yeah, and I think they got this idea. They kind of they're, they're, he's more comfortable as Batman than he is as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, definitely. Um, he is. It, it, I think this is the youngest uh, incarnation of Batman in all, all the films, right? I believe. Uh, I think you're probably right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Suddenly, we've never seen. I was going to say that's not true because Batman Begins we saw when he started, didn't we? But yeah, this he's not jumping straight in. Um, I I kind of like the fact that we didn't get the. Origin yet again. We didn't even get it in well, flashback. Mother's pearls. Martha's, Martha's pearls. pearls. Yeah, we didn't even get the Martha's pearls, which um, was was. I think they, they know we all know that. It's like the iteration of Spider Man. It's like we all know about Uncle Ben. Let's just move on. You know what I did not like? What's that? I did not like his hair. Uh, yeah, I can see what you... his hair drive drove me crazy the whole time. I was like, oh my goodness, what is with your hair? Like, how can you walk function with hair like this? You sound like, like you drive you... anyone. Crazy. It's like a dad in the 60s. It's like, <laughs> I get know. Your your hippie. <laughs> no, it's true though. Like, honestly, it feels so uncomfortable. Like, I'm watching him walking around. Like, uh, I, I've had long hair before. Oh, yeah. um, and I hated having a fringe because it right. really, oh, it's so bad to your forehead. It just accumulates sweat. And it's so disgusting. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was watching him with whole okay. long hair. I was like, oh, I, I hate this so much. I hate your hair. I've, I've, heard, I've heard some of the inspiration for this is, is kind of Kurt Cobain and I think it's a fine line to walk between I mean I've never found Kurt Cobain particularly cool but this, this kind of epitome of cool as, as some people might say it or kind of the, the the really uncool thing about teenagers who have Kurt Cobain posters in their room um, which is not really Batman uh, and I think he, he just about walks the right side of that line. There are a couple of shots where you see him. He's got the, the black eye makeup, which I kind of like the mm. fact that, because every Batman's got black eye makeup. Um, it's just mostly you don't see it. And they've even got shots from the, I can't remember which one it was, whether it was Keaton or it was one of those, that era, where you can see him in the cowl with the black eye makeup and he removes the cowl and he's suddenly gone. And I kind of <laughs> like, the, 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 they walked into it here and you kind of see it smudged and it feeds into that into that look but yeah he's kind of he's still dark and gloomy as as bruce wayne i think i wonder in later films we might see him build up a bruce wayne persona a bit more maybe it would be right because like you in this stage right both personas of bruce wayne and batman's are more similar than they were in previous ones i think in previous ones you want to separate them out uh, quite a bit yeah. because they don't want to identify bruce wayne as batman right so yeah, um, yeah and what I, what I loved about this film is that it was focused on Batman, and I think it's, it, it feels yes. like a long, long time since we've had a Batman film that was actually focused on, on Batman. Maybe not since Batman Begins. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I totally agree with this. On um, this, this is actually a Batman film. Yeah, because the Dark, true yeah, and the true. Dark Knight, even though it's a great film, was much more about the Joker, um, yeah. and. Yeah, obviously Ben Affleck never really got the chance to to develop that that character as as you might like to see. Uh, but yeah, this is this is very much focused on him. Um, if it's focused on anyone else, it's uh, the second in line is Zoe Kravitz as as Selena Kyle, uh, Catwoman. Mm. Fun fact, Suzanne, uh, it's not the first time Zoe Kravitz has played Catwoman, uh, as she voiced her in the Lego Batman movie. Huh. Um, Interesting. Although she was white in that movie, but uh, obviously uh, is played by so Kravitz in this one. Uh, I thought she was absolutely fantastic. I, I, the highlight of the film to me. Um, I thought she brought a very different vibe to Catwoman mm. um, than the previous iterations of Catwoman. Like both Michelle Pfeiffer and Anne Hathaway were both great in their roles, um, and they were very different to this version of Selena Kyle. This this Selena Kyle is more vulnerable, so Zoe Kravitz lends a certain vulnerability mm. that's not seen other Catwoman like. Both Anne Hathaway and Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman are super confident, <laughs> very, very confident. They know what they want. They know how to get at exactly what they want. Um, but this one doesn't. You know, she's just 
going about trying to make a way. Yeah, so, and you've got this interesting power dynamic, I suppose, obviously where, where Batman knows from the first second who she is, which I think yeah. is quite rare for the comics, I could be wrong, um, whereas she doesn't know um, who he is at, at all. Uh, yeah, I I think I said this before, I really hate the Michelle Pfeiffer. Because Michelle Pfeiffer, Selena Kyle, is this kind of fairly buttoned-down, nice girl who works in the office, and then she kind of hits her head on the ground and becomes supposedly really so, sexy, or mm-hmm. the, with a really weird bondage thing going on that I don't know how they made put it on a kid's film. Anyway. Uh, and just all the time, you kind of... Everything about this character is the cause is, is caused by blunt trauma, basically. Whereas though Carrot is actually her character, and Anne Hathaway as well, uh, doing what they want to do, <laughs> as opposed to suffering symptoms. Um, yeah, yeah, I get that. So gives a lot more agency to their yes. behavior. And they, I like I like the fact they brought the cats in again. Um, Anne Hathaway <laughs> didn't have any cats from memory. But, uh, no, so got I think they, the two of them work brilliantly together. I really love their chemistry um, as well. They got a couple of great scenes from the rooftop. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll see more of her. Rumours are there might be a, a Catwoman series. Um, okay, I can see that happening. Which which would be great. Um, yes. Have you read um, Long Halloween? No, is it one of Batman comics? Yeah, I read it a couple of times. But um, this one, one of the inspirations for this movie. Um, so in that, I mean, it's quite a loose inspiration, but in that one... And there's a, a murder happens on Halloween. Then, in fact, murders happen throughout the rest of the year on, on big holidays, and Batman is trying to track down who did them. But mm-hmm. some of the Catwoman stuff and that is is quite clearly in this film is inspired by that. And in fact, that, yeah, the, in this one, the murder murder happens on Halloween, and so you can kind of see the connections. Anyway, uh, Paul Dano is the Riddler. Um, Edward Nash, Edward Nashton, which is a very very different one from uh, Jim Carrey's version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In Batman Forever, um, very very different, completely different. I think um, the video got quite a big bad rap from Jim Carrey's um, performance as him from Batman Forever, and now you know he's now more known as like a very, you know, what's the word for it? Uh, as a villain that you should not take seriously um, because of the performance itself, ultimately, and it also translates into the comics as well, unfortunately. Oh, really? um, well, to a certain extent, I think they tried to age him out a lot more since then. Um, and Paul Dano's version of the Riddler is uh, totally different. It's, he is basically a serial killer. He's, uh, he's pretty threatening at times. He appears on um, social media. Yes, and, he does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, threatens the um, Gotham's elite. Uh, and some, some surprisingly nasty murders in this. Oh, horrible. Yeah. The ones with the rats were... Yeah, awful. and I think... I mean, it's a 15 over here. I think it's an R rating in the States. Uh, don't bring your kids to this film, <laughs> I guess. Um, and almost unnecessarily nasty. I mean, you don't see yet anything too graphic. But I'm not sure it needed to go there. I don't know. It's very, very gruesome. They, it's like they want to do a huge uh, 180 on uh, uh, Jim Carrey's... I guess, I guess so. And his costume is very much just him wearing an anorak with some goggles and, and what have you. And it's, it's yeah, it's very uh, low level. Uh, Paul Dan is a fantastic actor. He's done some great stuff. Um, he played Brian Wilson in the movie about Brian Wilson and, and said that that was... Uh, that this character was partly based on that, which I think is, is fascinating. Um, I felt he was very underserved for a lot of the runtime, and then kind of came into his own towards the end, which um, I did like the interrogation scene with him. And well, spoiler alert! Yes. Dang it! It's in the it's yeah, in the trailer. I, I think the trailers give way too much, actually. But, oh, okay. Yeah. I did like the interrogation scene, but I did not like how it ended with his character. I did not like how it somehow turns he it turns him to Joker light for some reason. Shall we? I, I yeah, thought he was. Turned. Shall we get to that in spoilers? But I, I I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, okay, there's some spoilers here, but yeah, it's, no, how, how, how am I going to spoil this? Like, um, so basically, he, he comes across as this charismatic, you know, he knows what he's doing, he's serious, he, you know, he has a plan, etc., etc., but then it just devolves suddenly at the end to him just breaking down, and it was just a huge change of character that I don't buy whatsoever. Um, oh, really? I, did, I didn't have that problem with this one. I, I kind of, I, 
I don't know. I think he because he was, if you'll forgive the pun, a bit of an enigma. Um, <laughs> I uh, I kind of didn't feel we knew exactly who he was. So when it was revealed what he was like, it kind of tracked for me in that we never we, everything we thought about oh. previously was kind of just in our it was yeah deduced rather than actually seen. Um, speaking of deduced but not seen, <laughs> underneath several inches of makeup uh, is Colin Farrell playing uh, the Penguin. Oh, he's great, though. He's great. He's, I he's great. Him. I mean, it's it's mad casting, but it works. It really is. Yeah. He's unrecognizable. Even when you like, even uh, when you know it's him, and you've got like this massive close-up, you're looking at it, it's like, no, that's not. Surely not. Surely not. So Colin Farrell, uh, obviously not his first superhero movie. Who can forget his turn as a uh, bullseye in uh, the Ben Affleck Daredevil? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's playing as Italian American. Um, I guess not exactly a, well, fine, not a mob boss kind of like mid uh, Oswald mm. Cobblepot the penguin um, it feels like he's not the penguin as he will become but he's kind of on his way up uh, yeah he's he's great I, I, part of the reason he's casting this because sometimes you, you get someone covered in prosthetics and think why didn't you just hire someone who looked like the guy you wanted but uh, one of the other potential spin-off TV series is a Penguin prequel series where I guess <laughs> he would be just looking like Colin Oh, yeah, Farrell, that's true, yeah. Um, before he aged up and, and, uh, and got fat. I, do, I have to say, almost every suggestion that has been made for prequel series, because there have been quite a few suggestions for, for this way before this came out, like years ago, um, they almost all seem to be taking things from the Gotham TV series. So when they announced, like, there's going to be a thing set in the Gotham PD that's about Jim Gordon kind of coming up through the ranks, it's like, yeah, we had that. And then it's like, yeah, it's going to be about the Penguin. It's like, yeah, yeah, we had that. Um, and it does feel like they haven't seen Gotham. <laughs> Which is that? Have you seen Gotham? I have not seen Gotham. It's good. It really, I mean, it, it starts off, like, I've got to say, the tone of this film is more like Gotham Series 1, Season 1, than any anything else I've seen, I think. Okay. And, and Gotham gets... Gotham gets sillier and sillier as time wears on. So I think season one is all about Falcone and Maroni and, and um, very gangster heavy and quite again quite vicious, and it and then it kind of becomes more and more like Cartoony. mad villains and stuff. Yeah. yeah, which still works, but it's it's yeah it's it's not like golden age of television good, but it's still it's a good time. And I, I think it, people should definitely watch it. Um, hmm. Anyway, uh, I'd watch a Colin Farrell prequel series. Of course, I would. No, I think it'd be good. Like. Uh, <sighs> He's, he's unbelievable in the film. Like, uh, it's crazy. I love him. Uh, Andy Serkis is there. Um, I I really like this version, actually. I think he's he's actually... I like the bits where he's actually trying to help solve the riddles and he's not like... He's not an yep. idiot. He, he's not as good as Batman because Batman's the world's greatest detective, but um, he's he's pretty good. <laughs> we will go back to that um, yes. as well, Colin. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I know what. Yeah, we both know which part that Batman feels as being the world's greatest detective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like. I like. I say he. Uh, he feels like because Alfred Pennyworth traditionally is ex forces, isn't he? He was in the army, and yep. circus. I think more than anyone else. Well, with Michael Caine, um, feels like he has been in the army. Um, Michael oh. Caine feels like he might have been in the army, like in the Boer War or something. Um, as a there's a reference. I don't know whether the Boer War came up in your life in the UK test. Um, no, nope. never mind. A long time. Uh, but yeah, I thought I liked their relationship. He, they kind of clearly um, they, they play up later on that he is kind of the only family that that Bruce Wayne still has. Uh, yeah, which which kind of makes hmm. sense, right? Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a pretty good dynamic. Uh, much better than the ones we've seen earlier mm. um, in previous situations. Jeremy like Irons looks like... No, in fairness, most of them look like they could have been in the army at some point, actually. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's basically just the, the Michael Keaton one that I don't like, it seems. Um, and maybe the animated. Uh, is that all the cast we need to talk about? Am I missing it all? There's some good, there's good supporting turns, but... Yeah, we could probably do... Yeah, yeah. Yes, Jeffrey Wright as Inspector Oh, Gordon, yes, Jeffrey Wright. Who probably has the most uh, yeah, screen time after... Batman and Selena Cow. He's in quite a lot. He is, and he's solid. He's solid. I love Jeff as well. No, like in in general, this is a very good cast. Yeah, I mean, people. Yeah, they've got John Turturro. They've got Peter Skarsgård. Just Skarsgård. Um, just rocking up for a few scenes, and yeah, it's it's a great, it's a great cast. Uh, And is it? 
it's a beautiful film. I think. I think I, I love the. I love this atmosphere. They feel. I. I kind of. I never like when films talk about things being dark and stuff. But this kind of gets. I don't. Know, it is dark, but it kind of. It feels in a. Yeah, kind of Gotham feels quite a desperate place to be. Mm. It makes you wonder why would anyone want to live in Gotham? Yes. Ever? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I, I I agree with you. Like my favorite scene from this whole film is the opening scene mm. where the three different groups of villains uh, see the bat signal in the sky, um, and then they're they're afraid of the shadows to where Batman would appear from. That that was my favorite scene of the entire film. It shows how much of impact Batman is, even without him being there. It shows how much, you know, how much fear he puts into the the baddies are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to make. It's not that. I, I love that. Yeah, I really like that idea, and and I think I wish maybe seen a bit more of it. But yeah, he he scares people not just by punching them, but by yeah, they, they never know where he's going to turn up. Um, yeah, mm. I, I really like that um, as well. Although it wasn't in fact the opening scene, was it? Because um, oh, uh, it was yeah. very close. But the opening scene was interesting, and kind of and it's not really spoilers because it's the first scene. But you you see someone, or you look through. Basically, you're seeing someone's point of view, looking through uh, binoculars into someone's house and you think you think maybe this is minus spoilers but you, you think it's Batman looking <laughs> and it turns out it's the Riddler looking and it kind of plays into this theme that is not exactly a new idea but is done well here I think um, of um, the villains and Batman being cut from the same cloth having a lot in, having Ooh, a lot in common yeah. and that's played up more and more in this in this film maybe more than, I mean like you say in all the iterations I think that that idea is there but maybe here more than, than elsewhere there were definitely some like horror film staples as well in the film, like when the camera turns around and then the Riddler is just standing behind them. Mm. Uh, and yeah, again, creepy. you still think it might be Batman on that stage because you see his kind of his eyes in the dark yeah. and you think that's classic Batman. And then later on, you see Batman doing something very similar. And in fact, the first time he sees Selina Carly, he's basically just watching her undress, which I was a bit uncomfortable with. But there you go. I've just I've written eye makeup. We've done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, like oh, it's, uh, even the fight scenes. Well, some of the fight scenes were, I thought it was done very well. The, the, there was one bit where it was all dark except the only light was the gunfire. I thought oh, it was that pretty was cool. So good. That and again, so, so I cool. wish, I wish they hadn't put it in the trailer. I see why they did. Oh, was it in the trailer? I forgot about it. Yeah, and they they put a lot of they put a lot of third act stuff in the trailer as well. In fact, mm. um, which I think is always a mistake. But yeah, that was that was a beautiful. Scene. You have to question why no one was shooting. <laughs> <laughs> they can't aim in the dark, Colin. No. And there's another scene where, and the, I guess well, it's not really spoilers if I don't get the details, but there's, there's um, an explosion that Batman is like, I don't know, f- less than a meter away from, and he gets blown across the room. And I think, okay, I buy that his clever armor stuff saves him from significant damage, but his face is completely unscarred. What's going on there? Anyway. He's a jaw of steel. He does have a jaw of steel. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about him being the world's greatest detective or is that a spoilers thing? No, probably maybe a spoilers thing-ish. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I'm I think I'm out of non-spoilers. Yeah, stuff. me too. Me too. Yeah, so. I, I say I I really enjoyed this. Um, so the three hours, it probably, we're talking spoilers as to why it didn't need to be quite three hours, but nope. I think it did It did go by uh, fairly quickly. And, and yeah, I, I would, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing more of this. I think they found a new... A new approach to Batman. Yep, definitely. Has, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 for me myself, I, I like the film. Um, I do not think it deserves to be three hours long. Uh, I felt mm. it more than you did, because I, um, I was definitely checking okay. my time after a certain point. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do like this take of Batman. Though. I like that it focuses more on his, on his detective skills. It's definitely different from what it was before, and I think it's definitely a, a comeback for Batman since the Ben Affleck days. So. Mm. That's all in all a good thing, right? It can't be a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, well, let's do some spoilers then. Spoilers, um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. Shall we start with the detecting? <laughs> so, he does a lot of world's greatest detective things. Like, I mean, he, you know, he draws on the floor. Uh, yes. Uh, walk, walking around shirtless, looking at notes. Because that's he what sol- you do. He solves some, uh, some riddles. Solves some riddles. I saw the riddles are pretty good, actually. Um, I wish there were more riddles in the film. Uh, if I was perfectly honest with you, because it felt like, at least in the riddles, you could feel like you're part of it. You could try and solve it as well. Ish. Yeah. Well, they didn't give you much time to solve them. No, no. Batman solves them more or less instantaneously. I know. Just, yeah. yeah. In a way, 
Yeah, I, I wish <laughs> I do like some. I, I do like a good puzzle <laughs> sometimes. Yes, I would like. Okay, well, the 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 one. Um, what does a what does a lie do when he dies? Mm. That that was there, and I did. There's a crack in the cryptic uh, YouTube channel that mostly do Sudoku's and, and crosswords. Um, they did do a thing where they cracked that one, so that was doable. Uh, I'm interested though the bit where they cut off the guy's thumb. Well, really, because of a guy's thumb, and then writes the word "drive," and and Batman works out it's a thumb drive. How does that work in in translation? Do you reckon in every language the word "thumb drive"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty certain it's not called thumb drive in multi- any other language. Yeah. So how are they explaining? I mean, I guess they just don't bother. But uh, that's mm. just, maybe, maybe you can get away with something like digital. Does that is that going to work anyway? Uh, that was but that the was scene that fun. I want to talk about where he doesn't show his detective skills okay. was when he goes back into the Riddler's house to find out what's going on and he has the cop telling him that oh this is the instrument that my, my uncle oh, my dad's yeah. brother used to use to uh, pull out carpets and stuff and I'm like wow That's good. that was lucky wasn't it no, so lucky. <laughs> no, right. Although, and this is, so I, I say I, I do like this film a lot, but the, there are flaws with it. No pun intended. And uh, this is a big one for me because, yeah, as you say, he gets he digs up the carpet in this huge stroke of luck, discovers that the the Riddler's plan is to blow up the seawall that Gotham apparently has, and then he just does it. I mean, what has Batman actually achieved in this film? <laughs> Because <laughs> everything the Riddler wanted to do ends up happening, and okay, Batman gets there to try and stop people shooting at this senator or whoever's running for Congress. Well, I don't understand American politics. Running for mayor, maybe. Um, and they do shoot at her, and they just happen to miss because they are very bad at shooting. Yeah, but I mean, what Batman didn't stop the things exploding. He didn't stop them of going there and being shot at. Nope. What what exactly? And even like he didn't stop any of the murders along the way. No, that's definitely true. Yeah, he didn't you're right. Really do anything? No. I mean, he found out what was going to happen, and and I did like the idea, and I thought this was really cool actually that the the um the Riddler thought he was working with Batman. Mm. Um, and I think that plays well into this idea that Batman and and you know, Batman has moved maybe too far into the shadows. He describes himself as gents, which is one of the things that the Riddler. The Riddler's gang then describes themselves as being uh, vengeance, and I thought that was done well. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things you step back and you think, if there was no Batman, exactly the same stuff would have, <laughs> would have happened. Would have happened. Yeah, yeah. That, that that you, I, I give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, yeah. Now, now think about it. He definitely doesn't do a lot. Doesn't accomplish much in this no. film. No. Well, he he, uh, he kisses Catwoman twice. So I guess that's something. Or she. <laughs> <laughs> she kisses him more, I suppose. Uh, he's only been two years on the job, right? So yeah. give him a break. Yeah, cool costume though. I got to say, looking at Christian Bale's costume compared to that, terrible. Mm. Uh, what else have we got? We got the big reveal that uh, that Falcone is the father of Selina Kyle. Oh, uh, um, okay. Didn't really care. <laughs> didn't really care for that either. Um, also, the big reveal that Falcone was the the insider. Mm. Although I think I kind of guessed that right from the beginning. Uh, well, you know, when Penguin wasn't it, it was like very obvious, right? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing about stool pigeon was a. Re- Again, don't think that's going to work in translation. Um, that was a bit of a, bit of a leap. Mm. Uh, yeah, I didn't love the final act where the. I mean, the whole. I say yep. everything explained. It felt like the film had come to a fairly natural conclusion. It was doing. It was really good. And then it. Well, there were two. Th- they had to. Tr- yeah. yeah, I feel like there were two things. And I don't know whether it was studio interference or what, but it, it feels a bit like the studio saying, no, we need a big climactic scene. Yep. I, I got this written down as well, yeah. Colin. The the ending bit felt so forced. I really didn't like it. Like, they just wanted to have Batman fight a bunch of goons and Catwoman come and save him for a bit. And yeah, it was just pointless. It was just absolutely pointless. And also the part where there was this fake potential death scene where Batman jumped into the water and then you see Catwoman, oh no! Yeah. And then he just appeared from the water. It's like, what the heck? Why? Why? Why even bother doing I that? I don't know about so, you, Susan. I thought, I, I, I thought Batman was dead. I thought, this, I, I thought the franchise was over. No, I it's did, just... I, didn't oh, I, I hate all these red herrings. Like, this is just bad writing in general. Like, don't, don't do this. Yeah, and it, it did don't feel so different to the rest of the film. I mean, I, really? I loved the bit actually where he was leading them out with a the flare. You kind of get this nice visual. 
and it, I mean the film looks so good and there's no, that's no different but yeah story wise again he's leading them from a he, he moves a very light thing out of the way of one of them and then walks them over a few meters away to nothing <laughs> I think okay thanks for being there Batman no and um, the last thing that I do not like it, about I think this. I can guess oh, okay yeah, is on. it the Joker no oh, wow. it's not okay. the Joker I do not like the suspicion on Bruce Wayne's parents. Uh, that was interesting. Um, I found that unnecessary to the entire plot because um, what happened was that, uh, spoilers, because it's a spoiler chat anyway, sure. um, uh, the Riddler was targeting Bruce Wayne um, quite badly as well compared to all the all his previous guys that he was targeting. Like this was, he just sent a, a letter bomb, which is a very, very poor way of putting it. But the entire sequence was um, oh, Bruce Wayne suspecting his parents. He, uh, Alfred got injured. Bruce Wayne confronting Falcon uh, to confirm his suspicions. And then in the next scene, immediately after that, uh, uh, Alfred uh, rebutting that entire yeah. sequence. It was, it doesn't add anything to the film. Like, it really doesn't, like, it, why do you resolve it so quickly? If it's going to be important, make it important. Yeah. If it wasn't going to be important, don't put it in. Like, it just got resolved and no one talked about it after that scene. It was just that like 15 minutes of unnecessary... I was going to say unnecessariness like a, is a word, but it just yeah. feels unnecessary. Um, I kind of I half agree. I liked it. And it's from it's actually from Batman The Long Halloween, um, among other places, but they, they do do that. But yeah, I, I agree. I really didn't like the... Basically resolve it one scene after you've brought it up. Immediately, yeah, you know, I think immediately. Put those half an hour apart or something, and then you've got something that's worth putting in. I would also would have liked to see more suspicion on Bruce Wayne, which is, again, something that came up in, in Long Halloween, because mm. then you get the dichotomy of it. But I suppose this film isn't really about the dichotomy of, of Wayne and Batman, so I can see why they didn't focus too hard on that. Yeah, in fact, the whole Alfred uh, in the hospital scene... I saw what they were going for, and I kind of liked the idea that yeah, he's the, the only family he's got. But it did seem a little bit. It felt like it was a TV serial, and like, oh, I love you, man. Oh, I love you too. Um, a little bit out of place. Yeah. Uh, I like the Joker point. annoyed the hell out of me, so that's why I brought it up. I thought you might be in the same position. Um, it felt very much like the studio is like, we need Joker, so throwing uh, what's his name, yeah. Barry Kogan, um, last seen as Druig in the Eternals. Oh, it was a him mm, huh. laughing manically, and and this actually, of most of the riddles in this are pretty are pretty damn good. Uh, in this one, the Joker makes up a riddle. Um, what's more valuable, the less you've got? I think is the riddle. Oh yes, to which it's uh, the riddle's like a friend, <laughs> and it's like yeah, but also literally everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like they haven't even studied supply demand graphs. So. This is why the Joker is the Joker, not the yeah. Riddler, right? Oh, dear. Uh, no, uh, yeah. He, I didn't particularly, particularly care for his introduction. Like, I know why he was there. I didn't care for We've it. Got, see, Batman has got 90-odd years of villains. Stop doing the Joker. We've had two absolutely phenomenal Joker performances, Oscar-winning Joker performances uh, in the last 15 years, whatever it is. Um, we don't need any more Jokers right now. Hmm. Just no, stop it. No. Just stop it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also get some stuff about how Martha was crazy, which I guess yeah. we might see more of later. I don't know. Uh so yeah, not not without its flaws, but uh, no. but overall, yeah, I I'm excited about Batman again, which is the first for for quite a long time. Yeah. Me too. Like I I'm not a big well. I used to like the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns, and then the Ben Affleck Batman kind of put me off a lot of yeah. Batman and all all this grim DC thing, the dark DC mm. thing, kind of put me off a lot of these kind of films because they they tend to want to work, focus on tone rather than anything else. Uh, rather than actually making a good film, uh, but I, I think they yeah. kind of accomplished this in this they one. They did, and and it's interesting hearing what um, Matt Reeves been saying about originally it was going to be in the wider DCU, and then he kind of got agreement to to make it in the wider DCU, but not reference anything else that was happening, like don't put in a a Superman or a Flash or, or point forward or stuff, and then got it completely separate. Obviously, with Flashpoint coming up, we're going to get the the DC multiverse. Yep. 
this film very much feels like it's not designed to be in a multiverse. I hope not. I mean, it feels that would be weird. On the other hand, it feels slightly weird in a multiverse and not to include your current Batman, so I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I, I hope they don't. The best way it might work is if you bring in Paul Dano or something, or um, or um, Jeffrey Wright. I don't know. A, a more minor character goes through, but even that seems like it would be a mistake. So we'll we'll see if the Flash ever actually comes out. Mm. Uh, we've gone over an hour, so shall we bump Jake Johnson the next time? Yes, Colin, and you're ill as well, so you need your rest. You need my rest. Uh, in which case, we move on. Unless you have anything else to say about the Batman. No, no, I think cool. I've summarised it as uh, much as I could. <laughs> I reckon the next one's going to be The Bat and the Cat. That's my prediction. Um, we do a quiz on Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon Animation Season. You're 3-1 up for the year, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm ill. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> you say that, right? But when you're when you're ill, you tend to come up with the most ridiculous questions just to make up for it for some well, reason. That may have, that uh, may have happened to you. <laughs> you see? I know it. Questions aren't too bad. Maybe. Question one. Which comedic duo provides the voices of Thompson and Thompson in Adventures of Tintin? Uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. That's correct. Uh, Rango won the Oscar for the Best Animated Picture of 2011. This is my worst question. Uh, name any of the films that were also nominated in that category. Oh, Cars 2. No. I think Cars 2 was nominated for Oscar. <laughs> was it? I don't know. Dang it. Um... You could have had A Cat in Paris, whatever that is. Uh, Chico and Rita, whatever that is. Uh, Kung Fu Panda 2 or Puss in Boots. That is a horrible question. Yeah. Uh, question two. Which actor serves as the inspiration behind the spirit of the West in Rango? The spirit has five golden guardians, which represents the actor's five Oscars. Ooh. Hmm. It's an actor with five Oscars. Well, I'm going to say Robert De Niro. I don't think he's got five Oscars, though. No. This is a Western. So they got Clint Eastwood. He's got five. Oh, like, has he got, like, producer Oscars? Two directing. Yeah. yeah. Two directing Oscars, two acting Oscars, and one Lifetime Achievement Award Oscar. Yeah, okay. Um, what is Arnold's surname in Hey Arnold, the movie? Ah, uh, You know... This was like 20 years ago. I probably won't ruin this. I used to watch Hey Arnold back in the day. Did yeah, you? It's pretty much the only one of these things. I, 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 actually, I watched a bit of Rugrats. But, um, uh, no. It always confused um, me because they, they say they call him football head. And it's like his, <laughs> his head is like literally the only head that is not the shape of a football. Like uh, a rugby, like a American yeah, football. Yeah, I'd never right, heard of American thing. football at that time though. So. Uh, uh, I'm going to guess Arnold, Arnold. Uh, Barry. Uh, Shortman. Um, Question three. Um, An 11 foot long David Hasselhoff figure was built in which film so that cameraman could film without straining the real Hasselhoff? No, it's definitely one of the Spongebob movies. Because he's in... uh, I'm going to say the first one, the uh, Spongebob Squarepants movie. That's correct. Uh, Question three. Who voiced Spike the dog in Rugrats Gone Wild? Wow. You've really <laughs> gone. Oh. God. It's just rough, man. <laughs> That's gettable. What is That's this? Gettable. That's gettable. I mean, it's not gettable if you don't know, to be honest. I thought, I thought you might have come across this. But. No. Um, uh, Peter Capaldi. Bruce Willis. Ah. <laughs> So there's so many famous actors who voice so many characters mm. in, uh, in the Nickelodeon universe. Honestly, uh, it's impossible. Uh, question four: In which film was odorama used, allowing audience members to smell odors and aromas from the film using scratch and sniff cards? No, I did read this as well. Uh, I think it's one of the Rugrats ones. Uh, I'm going to say Rugrats Gone Wild. Yeah, that's correct for the win. Lovely. Um, question four: Egg-like aliens, the Yokians, are the villains of which movie? Uh, this is this is Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Yeah, it is Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Uh, question five: Until Rango, which was which was the only other animated Nickelodeon film to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature? 
uh, the Avengers of Tintin? Uh, no, uh, that would be Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Really? Tintin was after uh, Tintin was ele- ineligible for uh, for animated feature because it uses some some kind of a visual device that people so it was disqualified oh, really? actually. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, question five: Which movie ends with seagulls winning a rap battle? <laughs> I've seen this. I, I the only reason why I've seen this is because I saw the voice actors and there are like ten people playing seagulls. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. It's probably either the Wild Thornberrys movie or Rockrats Go Wild. I'm lost this anyway, so I'm going to go with the Wild Thornberrys movie. I'm afraid it was the SpongeBob movie carried on Sponge Out of Water. Ah, uh, the second one. I maybe. <laughs> See, I knew it. You'll make it difficult just because you're ill. I mean, that's. SpongeBob is water-based, and it was clearly they left the bottom of the ocean, so they were out of water. I think that was gettable. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, um, a glorious picture from Easy John. Is it um, really? Is it entirely fairly done? <laughs> um, which puts me only one point for the year. And next time we are quizzing on the films of Sean Levy, unless we already have, in which case I think of something else. Okay. Um, what is our main topic for next time, Easy John? Ha. Um, yeah, as I said earlier in the, uh, this podcast, we're talking about films that could be made into musicals. Yeah, uh, stage musicals, much <laughs> like uh, Back to the Future, for example, currently is, or Heather's, or no doubt others. And we will loads more. Loads more, and we will see you then. Bye. <laughs>